Hey, yo, I got to tell you, I love this church. When real worshipers are worshiping, y'all don't even need a pastor. You don't even need a preacher. I mean, for real, there's many, many, many times I get up here and I think I, there's nothing left to say because if the words of what we just sang are true, if the Lord is in this place, if you've invited him in, if all you've said is word of God speak, then what kind of nonsense do I need to give you, right? That's a really great place for a pastor to be because you fully recognize then it's not about how excellent the music was played or or how excellent the word is preached. It's so much more about just surrendering yourself and saying, I, I really just need you, God. So speak. That's what I like about this church. That's why I like being the pastor of this church, because there are worshipers here that really get that. And that's a very exciting place to be. And I could get used to worshiping alongside y'all. On Wednesday nights, we do this thing called late night, and it's become my favorite window of my week from 10 o'clock to 11 o'clock on a Wednesday night, right downstairs, because we just worship. We look into the Word, we share a little of each other's stories, and then we just worship. And then on Sunday mornings at about 10 o'clock in here, we do the same and it's awesome. Some of you are recognizing that, uh, you know, now that you found your place here at school, now that you're back into, into a rhythm, maybe, maybe you've just transferred out of high school, maybe you've been here for a couple of years, but you're finding this thing to be true, this adulting thing is harder than the kid life, right? It's a little more stressful, it's a little more hard to organize, it's a, it's a little more to it. But I don't want to overcomplicate that for you today. In fact, I want to simplify it. I'd love to give you like a life hack into the mind of what functional Christian adults have already found out. I want to give you sort of the cheat code to kind of speed through some of the searching and stressing and so that you can figure this out. And there's a little cheat code that I want to share with you, and it's found in your hymnal, and we don't use these books all the time, but there's a hymnal right up front of you, so grab that book and turn to page number 437, because in this place, on that page, is this life hack that if you apply it, puts you in the express lane to peace as a Christian adult. Page 437. In the hymnal, what's it say? Just go ahead and say it out loud. What's it say up top? What's it called? You know how this little ditty goes? It is a little tiny song that I learned in VBS, and I thought it was a kid's song. I thought that they had sung it to me because it was so happy. It was like, trust and obey because there's no other way to be happy in Jesus. Yay! Who wants to be happy? I want to be happy. Yay! But to trust and obey. And I was like, oh, that's so fantastic. I love that. Come to find out it was written... In the 1800s, long time ago, and it didn't have kids necessarily in mind, and it didn't have EBS in mind. In fact, it was written for the adults not to forget their childlike faith. And we get so busy and stressed, and we get all these things and these plans, and we got to figure out our major and our call, and we got to figure out our direction, and oh my gosh, we got to save the whole world. And the Lord is calling us to simplify and say, actually, what I need from you, I exclusively only need from you your trust, and then your obedience. And the two go hand 
in hand. I obey because I trust. And the more I trust, the more I want to obey. But in college, sometimes I didn't, I didn't get that immediately. And we live in a pretty instant society, but, but we drag our heels a little bit in some of these areas. You know, there are some instant things in my life. In Philadelphia, where I'm from, um, we have these things, right, that, um, that are just kind of Philly things. And so, you know, there, uh, when I first got my license to drive, my breakfast habits changed. Because I used to eat this like nourishing great breakfast. My mother always said, oh, it's the best meal of the day. It's the most important meal of the day. That's how my mom's voice sounds in my head. <laughs> She'd say, oh, Stephen, eat your breakfast. But then I got the keys to my car, which meant I didn't have to go to the bus. I didn't have to wake up early. I knew that school was eight minutes, not nine minutes, not seven minutes. It was eight minutes from my front doorstep. And so I could skip all kinds of things and sleep more. Thank you for giving me my license, Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. And so I did, but I realized that I was getting hungry through the day, and I needed a quicker breakfast. Eggs and bacon were great, but they took too much time. And in Philly, we have found the secret to an instant breakfast. They're called butterscotch crimpets made by Tasty Cake. And they're perfect. They just, they just, sometimes, in fact, sometimes in Philly, they're so prevalent. It's like manna from heaven. They just fall from the sky. I mean, seriously, sometimes they just fall down like rain, like butterscotch crimpets. And they're like, here, instant breakfast for you. Instant breakfast for you. Philadelphia is not a perfect place, but there are times that it's good to be a Philly kid. So fast forward in my career, I move past high school. I get into college, I become a pastor. And if, I was, if you were telling me in 1988 when I was sitting right over here where Bubba, uh, don't lie, that's not where I was sitting. When I was sitting way back here, I said, I, I know that God's called me to some things, but being a pastor is like a really thing, and I'm not sure I'm ready. But then they, they hired me, and I, and I started to do it. And the first time that people started going to the altar and the pastor hadn't told them to, I was like, oh, so the Spirit of God is in this place. That's so cool. And the pastor inside of me said, I should go and pray with them. So I started to. And I got here, and I realized, oh, my breath smelled like boo-boo. It was awful. It was like, like a rat that had crawled inside a raccoon, and they had both died a month ago. That's what it smelled like, right? And I was like, you can't pray with somebody to be like, why did you come here today? <laughs> um, pastor, to get away from you and your dragon breath. And as I was here, I looked at my pastor, Pastor Metcalf, and I said, oh, Pastor, my man. And he goes, oh. And he pulls out a peppermint lifesaver. And I took it out. I didn't know what to do, so I just jammed it in and started like crunching it. <laughs> And immediately I had instant fresh breath. And I feel like some of you today could use some of that. And so look to the sky and get your fresh breath, ladies and gentlemen. Just go ahead and receive some of that today. Because I've smelled some of you.
Some of y'all smell like a meadow. It's beautiful. Some of y'all not so much. Yeah, yeah. You know what, Brie? You need that. I'm just, that's what she, I'm just. Don't let these go to waste. Because if somebody offers it, like, really? You should just say yes. Chris Cherry, just do it. JD, no joke. Fast forward, I have kids. And it's weird. Think about it. Some of these people you go to school with are going to procreate. Yeah. And some of you, you're going to go, ah, they should have checked with me first, right? So I did, and I had these girls, and there's something that happens as a dad that you feel like sometimes, man, you can tell your kids are struggling and they're just having a lousy day. And as a daddy, all you want to do is make it better. And when they're two and three, sometimes it's easy to make it better. And when they become like teenagers, it's harder. They catch this teen thieve, this the fever thing. And they're just like, oh, life is terrible. It's hard. And I'm like, I know, but it could be better, right? And they're like, no, I can't. It's never going to get any better. And I go, no, it totally could. What could I do? And both girls went like this in the middle of that conversation. Oh, um, chocolate. Chocolate would bring instant happiness into my life. And some of you today have that look like you need that. Look to the sky and receive some just instant happiness. I feel like we... I feel like we just transformed chapel into like a full contact sport. Like, yo, you need helmets when you go to chapel. Listen, the secret, the secret to this thing called life is found in this instant thing. And I know, I know our generation hates on the younger generation, like, oh my gosh, they have no patience. They want everything to just happen instantly. But I'm telling you, there's something there. If it's wired in your spirit, you don't have to fight it necessarily. Now, there are some things you got to endure and be patient with, but there are some things you don't. Turn to Luke. Go ahead and just Google Luke. Grab your Bible ahead of you. Bring the one you brought in. Look off of your neighbor. Luke chapter 5 shows us this secret thing that I want you to see. Luke chapter 5. And it says this, hey, it was just on one day that Jesus was standing by the lake and the people were crowding around him. And they were listening to the word of God and they and they were pushing him up against the water. And so many people were like listening, saying, word of God, speak. Would you fall down like rain? And they knew Jesus was giving them these secrets. And they really wanted to hear it. But before there were microphones, they just had to get close. And Jesus looks over and says, hey, I, I can't go any deeper into the water here. And the people keep pressing in. Hey, my man, can I use your boat? And he gets into the boat and they push off a little bit in the distance, and he, and he starts sharing the word of God from the boat. And you can imagine the people just getting closer and closer into the water until they're like treading and being like, Jesus, don't go too far. And afterwards, 
he looks at a friend and he says, hey, I got an idea. Let's go fishing. That'll be fun, right? After a day of preaching and everything, we go fishing. And his friend was a professional fisherman. And his friend says this, oh, isn't it cute? The carpenter wants to fish. Yeah, like it's a sport. Yeah, let's go to Cabela's first. Yeah, that'll be fun. We'll, we'll get our, 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 our camo on and we'll just cast out a lure. Yeah, let's go fishing. Hey, Jesus, I got a secret for you, man. I fish for a living. In fact, I've been fishing all night. And in fact, we fished all night and we caught not a zilch. In Hebrew, it's nothing because I couldn't think of a word. And Jesus is like, I was just thinking we'd go fishing. And the pros are saying, there's no fish out there. We know. We've trained. We're excellent professionals. Now we've seen with our own eyes. What you're asking doesn't make any sense. And then, and then, the disciple says these words. That I'm telling you, if you listen and if you move this into your life, it changes everything. It starts off with the word, but. I don't want to go fishing. It doesn't make any sense to go fishing. You're not, I don't think you're qualified to tell me what's out there. I am. And this doesn't make any sense. And then he catches himself and goes, but. Because you say so. We'll go fishing. Now, I don't know if you just saw what happened in that exchange, but it's everything. I get all these good ideas, and I get all kinds of busy, and I start doing all these things, and I get all this experience, and I keep doing it, and I start to think like I'm on to something, and I know what I'm doing. And then the Lord asks some things, and I go, ah, oh, that wasn't exactly what I was thinking, uh, I, I don't know if that's in the same vein of, no, that's going to cost a lot. I don't know if I, and I do this slow debate with the Lord. And in college, I did the same thing. I knew that God was calling me into a couple things. I knew he was avo- having me avoid just a couple traps and a couple roads, but I was like, yeah, no, I totally want to follow you. But what's over here? Nothing's over there. That's not for you. I know, but it looks kind of great. And we would have this back and forth, freshman, sophomore, junior, senior year, into my young adult life. And this life hack puts a stop to the nonsense. And it's just like, like if you're sitting in traffic at the toll booth and then you realize you have the easy pass. And all the cars are going 65 down the easy pass. And you go, oh, I can join them. And you just go down that lane. That's what this does. Jesus, I see what you're talking about. I, I, I hear your call, but, I, but, I, but, I, but. And the disciple stops and he says, but because you say so, I'll do it. You can look ahead and see what happens in the story. And lo and behold, imagine this. The thing God called them to worked out. Surprisingly so. And yet I hear in the disciples' voice, but even if it doesn't work out, I trust you more than I trust 
me. That changes everything. And did you see what he did there? He only for a moment gave the, oh, Jesus, we've been, we've, been, we've, been, we've been fishing all night and we didn't get anything. And then instantly, but because you say so, I'll obey. If you catch this, that changes everything. When you know that God has called you, when you know he's asked of you, when you know he's encouraged you to begin that thing or to quit that thing, or to start walking down a, a road that maybe doesn't make crystal clear sense, and you just stop the arguing and say, because you say so, amen. Then what we just sang rings true. The word of God can speak. And it can pour down like rain because you're ready to receive it. Fast forward to the end, verse 11. Jesus says, hey, I know this has kind of freaked you out a little bit. You knew there were no fish in there, and all of a sudden our boat is sinking because it's got so much fish in there. I did this just to let you know you fish for fish now. I'm going to call you to something a little bit bigger. You're going to fish for my children and my people. You're going to find lost ones. And it's going to be awesome. Fast forward to the end of their lives. You know where, how every one of those disciples died? An awful, agonizing, horrific, embarrassing death for the sake of that thing hanging right up there. And each one of them, when asked, was it worth it, said, absolutely worth it. I don't regret a second. The only regret I could have, and this is what I hear from my professors and my, the, the people who are a little further down the road in their spiritual walk, the only regret I have is that I debated with God a little too long. I wrestled with him just a little. I, I, I now bear some of the regrets and some of the things from my experiments and my, my wanderings, and I, oh, I could have just taken that easy pass and said, I know what you're calling me to. It's higher, it's cleaner, it's better, it's holy, it's right. And I'm just going to shift over and do that because you said so. And I guarantee that at your 20-year reunion, you don't come back and say, man, I listened to that dude stretch, and I, I did what Luke 5 says, and he, I, it didn't make sense what he was asking me to do, but I did it anyway because he said so. And the testimony will not be this. Oh, I really regret that. I can guarantee you that will not be the testimony. But the testimony may be, because I did that, God did these other things. And some of it may just be a closer walk with him. And what we just sang was, that would make it all worth it, right? Look at this last scripture right here. This, this, this blows my mind, this one. It, it don't make no sense at all. Luke 11, verse 28. Just go ahead and try to see that real quick. Luke chapter 11, verse 28. And people are hearing Jesus speak, right? And they're like, oh, you're so great. Everything you're saying makes so much sense. You're amazing. And then, <laughs> look what it says up there. Someone in the crowd calls this out. Blessed is the mother who gave you birth and nursed you. I'm, 
I'm sorry, what? <laughs> Could you imagine, like, Dr. Restrick just stands up and goes, hey, Stretch, that was a good word today. Blessed is the mom who gave you birth and nursed you. <laughs> what the? <laughs> David, I'm not going to lie, man, it's a little weird. Why, why you got to talk about my mom? Why, why about her nursing? It's, it's all a little weird and awkward. Is this a common, like, like compliment in your day? I mean, David wasn't around then. He, was, he had graduated since after some of this time. But it's, it's not right. I, I know, right? I love you. Blessed is the mother who gave you birth and nursed you. Ugh. Why? And Jesus goes like this. Oh, you mean Mary? You mean the Virgin Mary, the Holy One? They're going to make statues of her? And some people will even see her as such on a place that, that will even maybe pray that on behalf of us, could you go to the Father? She, Mary? You mean her? And Jesus literally goes like this. Mm-hmm. She's all right. That's the Hebrew. You look it up. I, I don't know what to tell you, but that's exactly what it means. It's exactly word for word, literal translation. Jesus goes like this. Oh, Mary? Yeah, she's all right. She's cool. You're right. Blessed is her. But blessed rather is the one who does listen to the Father and then obeys. Like the one who's hungry and breakfast shows up like immediately. The one whose stinky breath just gets immediately cured. The one who's hurting through their day and immediately a small little bar wrapped in happiness brings joy. Instant obedience is the one Jesus says, you're even more favored and blessed than my mother. The one who is blessed and highly favored among all men and women. Jesus says, yeah, she's cool, but you, you have the opportunity to surpass her. And all it takes is the one who hears the word of God and obeys it. As the worship team comes, I don't know where you are in your walk with the Lord. Some of you are right at that starting point where you go, I haven't really been formally introduced, but I certainly have heard him call my name a few times. And maybe today you just want to instantly obey and say, Lord, this is me and I'd, I'd like to be introduced to you. Some of you have been introduced for quite some time. You've been walking this journey a little bit and yet you know that God has asked a few things of you and somehow you're holding on. And I'm telling you, it looks just like this. As a kid, you get on the monkey bars, right? And you take that plunge off the first one and you just dangle for a little bit, right? And the only way to get across is what? You're going to have to let go and reach out for that next one, right? And then you do it and you're like, oh, okay, all right, oh, okay. And your mom, your friends, your whatever, your recess teacher, they're all saying, no, 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 you just you let go and then just swing over. And you go, yeah, I I saw the monkeys do that. I'm not, not that. (laughs) And you're trapped right here. And I'm telling you that when God has called you forward into a couple things, when he's asked, hey, can I have that in your life? Could I just have that? I want to clean it up. I want to do this other thing. Or, or, hey, could I have that? Because I want to craft it in such a way that it would make things great for you. 
and you get caught right there and you go, so you're saying you want me there, but I'm here. And the only way to get there is to let that thing go and swing forward. And when you pray, so word of God speak, would you fall down like rain? That rain kind of stinks when you're just here. And it starts to fall on deaf ears and you start to grow a little callous. You almost start to think, oh, I'm just going through the motions of all this. Yeah, it's chapel, I gotta go. Yeah, they're gonna scam me in. Now they're gonna scam me out. But maybe God is just calling you forward into a few things. The secret that the adults ahead of me shared with me that I'm so glad they did was don't wrestle very long. If you know the Lord is speaking, let go of whatever you thought and swing forward and instantly say, because you say so, and you can trust him. We're going to sing this song that is a real live, literal prayer of the saints of the church that's just going to say, I'm interested in surrendering it all. But you're going to have to flip back to 437 in the hymnal and see that you're going to have to trust him and obey him. little side note, the more you obey him, the more you'll be able to trust him because you know what he is? Faithful. He always comes through. He always, always kind of proves himself over and over and over again. And the more I've obeyed, the more I go, oh, I trust him. And now I'm further in my journey and I'm, I'm quicker to obey him now. But I wish I had gotten in the easy pass lane a little sooner. Don't delay. Maybe you want to stand. Maybe you want to sit. Maybe you want to kneel. Maybe you just want to write something down and just say, man, I, gotta, I know God is calling me to this. And sometimes just writing it out sort of solidifies it like, oh, yep, now it's real. The answer is, but because you say so, I'm surrendering that. I'll do it your way. So those of you who would like, stand. Those of you who would like, sin. Those of you who would like, kneel just for a moment before class. But just to rock solid solidify, saying, God, I'm, I'm going to listen, I'm going to obey, and I'm going to trust. Because there's no other way to be content, satisfied, in peace, and happy with Jesus, but to trust and obey. Let's pray this prayer together, huh? Feel free to move, change your posture any way you wish. 